Okay, I'm here for the fourth podcast on motivation, and my guest today is Carlton. Just remind me of the last name, Carlton. Ayula. Hi, guys. How you doing? Carlton Ayula. So I known Carlton from a few years ago at university, where I randomly stumbled across the East African Society fashion show, mm-hmm. which I took part in, and was it was actually really good. I met a lot of interesting people there. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't manage to get oiled up some people who still believe that I did get oiled up. It was part of the show, guys, just in case you're wondering. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, either way, I could, I'd be happy getting oiled up. <laughs> either way, um, Carl, Carlton's take on motivation. Um, basically, we were speaking before, and he come, he's an international student, comes from a family where, yeah, like, the father figure has a lot to say over what needs to be done, and he wants, the father wants to kind of impose on what is actually being done of this child's life. And I can relate to that a lot. Um, and as a teenager, you might rebel against that. And throughout your life, you're trying to find this kind of purpose that doesn't involve your dad in some ways. Even if some sometimes the smarter choice is to actually work with your dad. Well, we're at these crossroads in life and Carlton's come back to visit Leeds and he's told me that he's actually collaborating with his dad <laughs> now at the moment. So, so what is it that you're actually going to be doing with the dad no, you don't have to go into specifics if it's yeah. too uh, i'll keep it i'll keep it uh kind of like general zone get like bore anyone um but at the end of the day it's like yeah i'm at that crossroad now and it's like my dad always always tried to impose those things on me like you were saying well right. thanks for having me on on the show by the way uh, it's my pleasure yeah my, my it's good pleasure. to be here guys good to be here thanks for listening um so i studied sports science sports and exercise science at university right um for an african uh, slash asian parent it's yeah, like yeah. it's like um, an abomination you may as well have done psychology yeah yeah exactly or <laughs> yeah. art fine yeah, art or literature yeah, exactly or something that. like that yeah it's so crazy how everyone can relate to that as well definitely <laughs> definitely so at the end of the day like if you're not doing engineering or or, or engineering or law or being a doctor mm. you're basically a disappointment that's how they see it and I'm like, at the end of the day, it's like, I'm going to be doing something for three years and doing like boring ass coursework. Yeah. Let me at least be interested in it. So at the end of the day, it's like my dad's motivations for me, they, they take second place to how I see myself or what I want to be for myself. So it's just like, I just realized that like I value my own opinions more. I listen to everyone else's advice and stuff. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when I look back, if I didn't follow what I thought I should do, I'm going to regret it and I would rather right. I would rather fail on purpose than than like well that sounds a bit dumb but I would rather fail and be happy that I did what I wanted to do yeah, and then yeah. look look back cuz then I can try again mm. with a clean slate a clean conscience but if I look back and I'm like oh I only put in 50% it's like the 50% effort I want to put into the next thing is still kind of back there cuz I didn't like right, right. I see you see what you mean yeah, it's kind so, of like you don't know if if it's going to be a successful adventure because mm. you didn't even test it 100% fully. Like. And this can affect your motivation. This is the mm. angle that a lot of parents and a lot of people in life try to play. They right. try and act like they know better. And yeah. maybe they do. But the matter of fact is they, you can never know better for somebody's life because it's their life. You know better for a general, a general example. Yeah, yeah. But you can't tell me, how do you know I'm not going to be the outlier? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's how I see things. And at the end of the day, it's like I'm willing to bash heads with anybody because... How can one person tell me something that's going to move me off the course of my life? It's my life. Right. And at right. the end of the day, your parents, we, we tend to listen to them because they're feeding us 
they they clothed us they changed they wiped uh, wiped our shit yeah, yeah. we were kids you know what i mean you kind of like so we have a, you owe them in a sense we owe them yeah, yeah, yeah. they've done a lot for us yeah. but the matter of fact that does not give you the right to make decisions on my life right yeah no, so we I, need to keep that in mind i do i do um agree with that actually that's a very clear clearly stated point we had um the first guest that i had on the show mentioned something about like his source of motivation so when he first came to university mm. he was very um interested in basically not letting his parents down yeah like that was that was his driver and for me it's kind of like i don't i don't mind what gets you out the door mm. you know as long as you're doing it and you mm -hmm. say what you're you say you're gonna do what you say you're gonna do yeah you're you're a example citizen you are the great person that everyone needs but, you know, saying it from your perspective here, it kind of got me thinking a bit about what's the difference between your parents telling you something mm. and you going to this sports science lecture, yeah. listening in and going, that's valuable information. I'll take that. Okay. So I'm a very, that's very, a very, like a great question. And I think this is something that we can like that's very transferable. This is a question that you should ask yourself and ask other people all the time. Okay. Um, just in a hypothetical sense, I guess. Not always related to sports science. Not, not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not just when you're, with your lecture and your dead dad, yeah, but yeah. like, yeah, and everything. You just look at it, I, I base every, I try to base everything based off logic. Right. Human beings generally, they make decisions off emotion and just and then after they they make an emotion emotional decision their brain mm -hmm. tries to justify it with logic after right yeah, and it's yeah. a split second thing don't be like oh i didn't catch my brain trying to justify it your brain does it automatically subconscious yeah so it's like me personally if somebody has definitely because i don't my dad doesn't know about the industry he hasn't he doesn't he doesn't know about sports science he doesn't he can he cannot accurately um shed light on the viability of it right because yeah, yeah, he doesn't yeah. know about the industry do you get all me? he knows is that it's not medicine it's not engineering exactly yeah. and all he knows is that oh you you want to be you want to be sweating in a gym when you're when you're 40 i'm like i'm not going to be a personal trainer at 40 that that's i'm, yeah. I'm studying i'm studying sports and exercise science not pe dad yeah. like exactly like mm -hmm. relax so it's like um but he's trying to like make those connections he's trying to box with what it he in. knows yes it's exactly like, i know of only of a teacher the sport uh gym school mm. yeah you're that's gonna what be, you're gonna be like mr robinson who, who's a, a PE teacher until he was 50. i'm like not everyone knows him. that was the only person you saw really but, yeah and he probably he definitely didn't study sports and exercise science he yeah definitely not for I, real yeah and I, honestly like for for mr robinson's sake i don't know him but like What's wrong with being Mr. Robinson? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> exactly. That's the point. But my like that's the thing. Your parents they want the best for you. They don't want you to end up like whoever their Mr. Robinson is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Just by the way, yeah. I don't know any 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 teachers or people I've called Mr. Robinsons. Like apart from the squash, that's it. Right. But um, you asked me a question. We can cut this part out. You asked me you asked me a question right. um earlier. Um. So the question was basically about um, in terms what's, of the lecture, what's the, the difference? Lecturer. What's yeah. the difference, right? When your dad kind of wades in with his um, with his opinion and view of of like what's right, and then you go to a lecture, mm. and um, obviously your lecture, well, you'd hope that your lecturer is quite prepared and he's teaching you a specific thing. Mm. Why do you think it is that you would value the information that's coming off that whiteboard or more than what your dad has to say? That's a great question. So, like I was saying earlier, thanks for for keeping me grounded, bro. It's all right, it's all good. So, um, 
just like I was saying earlier, your parents, they want the best for you. Yeah. So they have a vested interest. They mm. have, they have, um, genetic bias, if you will. All right. They are biased. Right. Yeah, yeah. So they're emotionally invested. So mm. it's like in the army, if I'm making emotional decisions, yeah. I could either lose the war or kill all of my men. Right. Do you get what I mean? Mm. And that's the kind of thing. And you could kill the morale based off of emotion, making emotional decisions right. in the army. You can kill your morale of your soldiers. Mm-hmm. And in which case, what the orders you're giving them will not work. Right. Because you killed their morale. Okay. And that's the same kind of thing parents can do. Um, but if I know that somebody is making an emotional decision, once you realize that, yo, my parents are emotionally invested and emotionally yeah, biased, yeah. they're going to overreact to things. They're going to like be frantic about things. They're mm-hmm. going to panic. Once you accept that, it's yeah. very easy not to overreact to these things that they're imposing on you because right. nobody can impose on you if you don't actually accept it. Okay. So okay. that's the way I see it. I see it like they're emotional for a good reason. I'm their child. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're acting out, talking out of emotion. They're not talking yeah. out of logic. But you, the can't, le- the so lecturer, you can't, the reason you can't trust the parent is because they, they have a, a big emotional stake in yes. your life, which means that in, in many senses, if you want to get the clear kind of logical truth, you can't you can't take it from the emo- emotionally wound up individual. Yeah. Um, what made me think of you know? So yesterday we spoke about um, the love of Shiva. Mm. Um, when we were that speaking about we, yeah, we were speaking about uh, women and how um, basically you were saying how women will always test you. Yes. And they're not necessarily looking for a rational justification, but they're looking for this kind of like emotional position of you having this boundless love that yes. will always but will cut through anything. Mm. So um, you, you can just describe that. So Shiva. So that's basically what. So um, there's definitely people more knowledgeable on this than myself. Right. And if you can correct me in any way, shape, or form, please do in a very positive way. Don't hurt my feelings, okay? You probably know more than me. Were you that's listening to this? Yeah, you, right. you're special. You're important. Uh, I'm just a guy that has the mic right now. Maybe you have the mic next time. All right. So uh, basically, Shiva's my understanding of it is right. the. All the god, the Hindu god of all pervading love. Okay. And that all pervading basically means all penetrating. Right. So it means that he's strong, but he doesn't have to. Before everything, love. Before um, before love, everything is powerless. Yeah. So he doesn't use strength to control things. Okay. He penetrates everything with his powerful love. Yeah. And it and it now becomes subservient to him. Not okay. necessarily subservient. It willingly submits to mm. him. It's and a very like nurturing yes, love. Yes, that's what right. it is. And that's the kind of thing that parents try to have. So you look okay. at, think of, a, um, think of a movie that you've watched where the parent was a perfect parent. Yeah. Supports the kid, lets the kid do whatever you want. And then the kid but like, it's still is strict. <laughs> All right. But, but it's still kind of strict. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? But they're still so supportive. Mm-hmm. That is Shiva. Okay. That is Shiva. Okay. Not going to let you do things that, you don't, that, you're, that are not good for you. Right. But I'm not going to use force. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah. use authority. Mm-hmm. You're going to do it out of love. So when females are up, when, when, and, and this is, I feel like this is, our dads do this to us as well. Right. So it's like, your dad is always going to be the top dog, right? Mm-hmm. Wants to be the top dog. Yeah. And he's always tell he's always teaching you, you can never challenge me. Yeah. So what does he, what is he showing you? What is he building you up to? Challenging him. Fucking challenging him. <laughs> Am I allowed to swear? <laughs> Yeah, 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 it's fine. All right, cool, cool, cool. Are you guys going to cut it out later? No, I'm not going to. I don't edit the, the footage for the first, the discussions. Okay. So this is the structure of the things are 
you know, it's four hours mm. of just discussion. Yeah. And then the, there's like a 30 minute summary and at the summary. end of it, okay, okay, which, cool, which cool, actually cool. has all the specific information. All That's right, more cool. for me. So I can look back at it and take the, take the real juice out. Definitely. What was, last, what was the last thing I was saying? So you were saying basically about your dad building you up to challenge you. Yeah. Even though he's trying to tell exactly. you to, to not challenge him. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, when a female is coming up to you and challenging you and doing all these things, it's the same thing. They mm. want you to take the challenge, to take over the challenge, to right. take it, challenge right. the challenge lovingly. Mm -hmm. It's like when somebody challenges in you, you in like sports or FIFA and you yeah. know you're going to smack them. You're like, yeah. oh, it's okay, son. Come here. I'll teach you. Do you get what I mean? You're like, <laughs> no, so no, no. You're, I'm going to smack yeah, you, yeah. but I'm going to do it so lovingly. I'm gonna, you're going to get yeah. battered in this because I'm better well, than Well, this you. is actually why I brought it up because when you were discussed, when you were talking about the emotional state that your father has mm. in your life, um, obviously... There comes a point where, I, I know I've had this, where there comes a point where I see my dad as a genius. Yes. And then there comes a point where I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, how, mm -hmm. how did you even take that step? Mm -hmm. And then I stop and I, like, I had that thought of, you know, if, if this is just another test, if this is kind of like the asking for the love of Shiva, um, like, could I potentially just show it to my father that I do have this boundless love for my father regardless of my choice of course like it is still there and that's what's what's important in it of so. course so i'll give you a, a clean example so um just for everyone's well basically i come from a broken home right and that is a is a very interesting dynamic i think society is kind of like not downplayed it but they've okay. made it a bit mainstream and aware they made everyone aware of it so it's like it yeah. doesn't seem yeah. a bit it's, so, it's deeper than you think. What's, basically. Uh, what's, what, what do you mean by broken home? Like, what's so a broken home, my, my mom left the house when I was five. Okay. And I didn't see my mom or hear from my mom for 10 years. Wow. So that confusion yeah, of not yeah, knowing, because yeah, yeah. I knew my mom loved me. But uh, yeah, we're going off topic. But no, yeah, so, it's cool. Just but I just mean, the point. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the dynamic is just, is just crazy. So um, uh, at the end of the day, I forgot where I was going with the, with the broken <laughs> so home. So love of Shiva. Um towards our fathers letting them know whether it's important to let them know about yes so love. how you show you can show the love of shiva to your father yeah. so it's like in a situation where my my mom is chatting all this shit about what my dad has done and right. i wasn't there to witness so i can't say whether it's true or false mm -hmm. i go back to my dad and in another conversation i'm like hey mom says x y and z right what i told her was that it doesn't change the fact that you're my father right. and that there's a lot of things that i know that you're consciously doing yeah, yeah, that are for my best, for my benefit, mm -hmm. and that whatever else you would have done does not, does not, can, cannot remove that. Right. Yeah. And my that's, dad, my dad was almost, my dad was almost in people. tears. Yeah, that is, that's a really truthful thing, and I think a lot of people believe that your parents automatically know that you feel that way, but the truth is, like, sometimes you gotta have those emotional talks. Yeah. Like, I really struggle to speak to my dad every time I get real with my dad. Mm. I fucking cry. Yeah, like my, I'm just like Ugh. it happens. Yeah, yeah, and like, What's but after after the tears, like, you know, I have this this respect, this understanding. Yeah, yeah, so we're we're on board. Now, not to dwell too much on the relationship of the father and and the boy, because I know it's something that people can talk about for for a long long time you've mm. got it from the from the twisted angles of like the oedipus complex all the way to the like you know the hero figure that the you want your father to be definitely um but like to take it more on topic towards motivation um i really wanted to explore your motivation to be part of something mm. so 
this can like fit in pretty smoothly exactly if we think about it in terms of being part of a family yeah. now you mentioned this this idea of like a, a broken home and how it's underplayed mm. kind of in society and, and i you know what? i completely agree like um the main focus seems to be on the the outcome mm. so like you go to school you get a certain grade you play a sport you you know you you're set you're however good at a sport you make loads of friends and you're really sociable there's a lot of focus on like, oh, this person is like this. On paper. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's straightforward. But people don't really look at and think like, oh, how does that person wake up? Like, what do they have to do when they wake up? Like, are they sharing a room with two other people? Mm -hmm. As, you know, are they there just like slightly dealing with their parents as they escape their house? Or are their parents making them breakfast and massaging their shoulders, getting them ready for school? And that, that slight difference, mm -hmm. I think that's, that's something that people need to speak about more. Definitely. So let me shed like a little bit more light on that. So there's a lot of dynamics at play. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like when you and your girl have an argument, right? It changes the energy of the living space. Oh, definitely. So it's definitely. like, imagine like with your, when your parents, if they are watching you go through some shit that is not your fault and is directly on them. Yeah. They're gonna like people lash out because they're afraid of things that they're feeling, not necessarily things that you have done. Right. So a yeah, lot of people, a lot of kids in broken homes, or a lot of kids in general, you don't have to be from a broken home, you get backlash from your parents on things that they're projecting things onto you. Mm -hmm. Because they're like, oh, my son, I cannot love my mother. I cannot love my son the way, my, the way his mother loves him. Right. And, and I'm, it's frustrating because I can see, for me as a dad, because I can see that you need that. And right, it's like, right. how, I can't give that to you. So I'm going to try. And when I fail, it's frustrating even more. Because I'm like, my son that I love, I want to give him this so badly. Mm -hmm. I can't give it to him. Yeah. And that's where it creates a lot of emotional wear and tear. So it's like, for instance, a big way that it affected me and that's affecting my relationships till now is from the age of five or six, for 10 years, I didn't see from my mom. I didn't see my mom or hear from my mom. Yeah, yeah. And I was told that she loves you. She loves you. She loves you. She's just working right now. So in my mind, my dad never checked up on me unless he didn't know where I was then he was looking for me. That was right, it. My right. homework and everything, he yeah. never bothered. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, Parent-teacher day, that was the most attention I ever got from him. Mm -hmm. Ever. Yeah. He still taught me a lot of things about habits and other things, yeah. um, about being a gentleman. But in terms of school, he didn't give me like, support on that. Um, and he didn't check up on me generally. Right. So where I'm going with this is there was my entire childhood... I did not get the treatment of anybody calling you to check up on you. It was an, right, it was, right, it was right. a, it was a, an alien thing for me. Okay. Very alien. So when I got into, so what that means is that in my mind, because of my mother experience, mm -hmm. it is very okay for people that love you dearly to not check up on you ever. Right. So my mind yeah. subconsciously realized that was okay. Yeah. yeah, Because yeah. I asked my mom, does my mom love me? She's not checking up on me. She's not seeing me. But they say she loves me. Okay. If she mm -hmm. loves me, that means it's just okay for that yeah. to happen. That was my, my mind coping with it, trying to shield my, 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 my ego. I get that. I get yeah. that. Yeah. So now when I get into relationships, my girl, girlfriend's like asking, girlfriend's like one at a time, by the way, ladies, one at a time. <laughs> um, yeah. So my girlfriends, they'll be like, why don't you call me like, every day or text yeah, me yeah, every yeah. day and i'm like hey i love you but it's, i'm not used to this nobody did it to me and it's not like i'm making excuses one of my girlfriends helped me realize it i broke down in tears i'm like i just clocked that yeah. i've never had to check up on people i've never done that because nobody did that with me and it's an abstract thing like i love you but the people yeah. that love me didn't do it you get what i mean 
That's, you know what, that's, that's a majestic point. I think it's something that I wanted to cover on the last podcast, but we didn't actually manage to talk about because I just didn't get it down. But mm. that is a really well put point because you know what, how you were saying, like, you grew up with the kind of idea that, yeah, my, my family's got love for me. Um, I don't need a constant yeah, pat on the head or, yep. yeah, you're doing well, son, to actually believe it. I just, I believe it. Like, mm. Why not? So even if now you're consciously aware of it, you've been conditioned for like 10 years of nonstop of one of your most, more influenceable years that that's the case. It's hard to come out. And then someone comes along and they're like, well, you're not replying to every single one of my texts. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I've never been a, a texting guy. Mm-hmm. Um, my girl at the moment, like, she'll text me maybe like five times and she'll get like one reply. Mm. And sometimes I feel bad because I'm like, well, she seems like she's putting it in effort. not reciprocating. Yeah, yeah, but I told her, I was like, look, this is how it is. And she was like, okay, cool. Simple as that. And now I look at those texts and I'm like, starting to feel this this little bit of appreciation that I'm assuming other people who have that constant connection with the person that's that's given them good vibes actually mm. has. One thing that I wanted um, to put back on track with being a part of something, right? Yeah. Now, I don't know if you ever had this, um, but I've had like home envy. Yes. You go to someone's house and you see their family and you're like, damn. Their parents are much more supportive than mine. Yeah, or not, not even... They have, they have much better Christmas presents, like... Oh, yeah. Their mom, their mom actually makes sure they eat fruit. Like, I've been constipated for years, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit like that. Like, it's the little thing yeah. that you know. It's like, oh, man. I've, um, and don't, I've been to a lot, of, a lot of people's houses. I think my, my family was, was smart in a sense of... They wanted to surround me with people that came from less... Um, less... Um, I, it's not broken homes in that sense, but less, you know, families that don't have their shit together. Mm. Like you can be from a fully functioning family or not, but you, know, you can't, you can have your, all your family members there, yeah. but your family might not function well and so everything a, sort of breaks a more, down. A more dysfunctional. Family, yeah. Yeah. So I think they've, they've always tried to take me away from dysfunctional stuff and never really give me when I was growing up enough responsibility to, kind of see the consequence of dysfunction mm. and then now I look at it and I'm like it's clear as day yeah I'm like oh my god because they can't hide it I, I, yeah. I 100% I agree with you bro this is mm. something that my dad used to do um, my dad I had a, a very hard to heart conversation with my dad before I came to the UK um, just right. literally just like two or three months ago and he honestly told me I was like I, I had to open up to him I was so afraid to say I'm like dad because of everything that I've, I've overheard yeah. And when I was a kid and the things that I saw as well, mm-hmm. I've always been afraid to ask you for anything. I've yeah. never asked you for a holiday in my single entire life. I just wait for you to bring, to bring it up so then, mm-hmm. then take me. And it's like, he told me that, son, I've never told you this, but you actually grew up in the toughest time of my life, financially, spiritually, emotionally, right, the toughest right. time of my life. And I'm so sorry that I couldn't give you what I wanted to give you, mm-hmm. but things are going up. And it's like, I'm happy the way things are going now. Because yeah. now, like, we're getting closer. And, and he was like, that he wants to be close to me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, he told me that, it, like, it hurts when I'm not close to him. Right. But then right. it's hard for me to kind of believe that because he, he's never calling me and doing that stuff with me. True, Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. like, it's a, it's a dynamic. But you need to realize that, like, people aren't perfect. Yeah. Because people just yeah. aren't perfect. And, you know, the best thing about it is that now, 
where you're you know you're you're becoming more responsible you're becoming more mature you're looking at your choices in not in just one linear kind of way but in a broad sense now that you as that person can have the dialogue with your father Mm -hmm. that seems like the building of something that is purposeful and wholesome more healthy yeah yeah because like don't get me wrong, I, I love a good rom-com or anything that's that's got that feeling involved where they're like, oh yeah, oh, I've gotten close to my family. I love that shit. It's external. But the thing is, it's not just, just external, but the fact that it's so out of my control means, for me, it means that it wasn't purposeful. Like, I would never say approach someone with the intention of showing them that I love them a lot without some sort of idea of who they were, who I am, and how we're going to make this work. Mm. And the fact that now you're having a dialogue about that with your father just means that you're going to build your your wealth. Of course. Yeah. Well, a lot that's, of, that's beautiful, man. It's, it's crazy, man. Mm. A lot of it just came from first, because um, I was never motivated to do anything. I've, I wasn't motivated to like my parents. Right. I wasn't motivated to be a part of the family right. because it seemed like they didn't. They didn't really care. Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, bro, like, I'm not one of the people that's like my parents should have stayed together for my sake. Yeah. I want each of my parents to be happy, whether they're together or, or, or not. If they're together and they're not happy, I don't want them together. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? Just be happy, but yeah. at least like be involved. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. Looking at it from from that from that point of view, um, I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got you a bad time this morning. You're losing trains of thoughts a lot. Exactly. But let's let's go back onto the focus of being yeah. part of something. Okay, so you've you've grown up right with this desire to be be part of your family, mm-hmm. and now you're building something with your with your father, which means you have an active role mm-hmm. in the dialogue that is basically creating your life. Um, do you think, right, the envy that you experience as a child, maybe going to someone else's house and being like, wow, oh, that place is so nice. Do you think that that envy will play a role in how you choose to build the life that you are going to kind of build as you come forward? Um, definitely, definitely. But I, to be honest, I'm, I feel like I'm in a space where I'm at 100% peace. Okay. Or I'm getting towards 100% peace yeah, with yeah. who I am in my past. doesn't mean right. I'm accepting but you have to accept it before you can change it. Otherwise, you don't really know what it is. Mm. Um, you can't commit to it fully like you were saying. Exactly. Earlier. Exactly. Yeah. So in terms of like being a part of the family, I wasn't motivated to be a part of the family because yeah. I hadn't accepted that everyone in the family is imperfect and right. they're, allowed yeah, to do, yeah, yeah. they're allowed to do messed up stuff mm-hmm. because it's a birthright. You're allowed to make decisions for yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I can blame my dad for making some certain decisions that weren't conducive for me, Yeah, yeah. but it's his right to do that. He's a human being. He of can course. do that. And once I accept that, I'm like, okay, my family's not perfect, yeah. but at least we have some good stuff we can go from mm-hmm. here. Accepting the negative allows you to appreciate the positive because you can't have um, anger and gratitude in the same space. Yeah. They can't coexist. Yeah. So, um, I mean, looking at it from that point of view, I didn't envy and I, did, I envied people when I was young. But yeah. growing up, I didn't envy people anymore. Of course, I wished when, right. I, when I look at like I have some friends that their dads buy them APs and Frank Mueller's and okay. like 10, 10 grand, 20 grand watches. And I'm like, well, Damn. you're a kid. Like you, you yeah, like yeah. you're still a, a really young guy. Like you don't really need that. 
but I would love to have one. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Mm. You're like, well, why do they need a watch like that? But Loki, yeah, if somebody yeah. handed you a 10 grand watch, you'd probably take it. I mean, if it's a no gift, doubt, it's a gift. Man, if your no parents doubt. gave it to you, you'd take it. And it's like, looking at that, like, I envy those kind of things because mm-hmm. it would be cool to have. Yeah, yeah. But I don't envy, I, I wouldn't trade it at all right. because I see that they don't have the strength of character and resilience that I have. Okay. If yeah, you're walking yeah. on eggshells and you're walking on glass, your feet are a lot tougher than everyone else's. Right, yeah. Yeah. So that's one, uh, that's one, a, one good way of looking that's at it. That's a big point. But to redirect the question, right? I'm not asking as to whether you would have preferred that life. Mm. So I guess the envy side is confusing because envy kind of implies jealousy and that you'd rather have this than that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is the emotions you experience like via envy mm. and via comparison, ultimately, are they going to influence the life that you're going to build? And let me just give you a quick example of okay. what I mean by that, right? So I, I've got um, a good friend that I haven't spoken to in ages, but I have eternal love for mm. this individual. But not just him, but for his family. Oh, wow. Because I've been to their house and, you know, the vibe is just... Immaculate. Bing, 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 bing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the symbol. Ding. Ding. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's perfect. Like, I absolutely love their family. Um, and I think about, about like, that. <laughs> it's a fucking symbol. It's a symbol, man. We need to get this symbol down. <laughs> That's going to be, like, like one of the iconic sounds on the show. Yeah, We're going to get a loud symbol. Yeah. Doom. Yeah. <laughs> put, you in, put you in a state of zen. Yeah. But, basically, I, I love the way that their family kind of structured. They, they don't put pressure um, in the same way that, say, like, my family does. Um, and all the all the decisions that they make are very well informed. So even when the pressure's there, it's accurate. It's not wasteful. It's not like, an authoritative decision. It's yeah, not a forced decision. And also, it's an educated decision. Also, when decision. it's forced, don't get me. I love a bit of force. Mm. Like if someone's pressuring me to do something, great because that's where I work. But I've grown now where I'm frustrated that people are trying to pressure me in this broad sense when I only have to do this much. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? You put a thousand tons of pressure right on the tip of my head, I'm cool, fine. But don't spread it around like this whole block. Definitely. Just, just fucking drill me into the floor, mm-hmm. you know? Like, like hammer me in, I'm a nail, hammer exactly. me in. Exactly, boom, straight It's like focus. what my mom was saying when she's putting, she's making such a big fuss over me saying um, vitamins instead of vitamins. Yeah. And I'm like, it doesn't matter really. You're not going to be happier mm-hmm. from doing this, so let's leave I mean, it. maybe if she broke it down and was like, I feel like if you say it in this accent, your disassociation from from me and who I am as an individual. Maybe if she did that, you you know, you might take it a bit more seriously. But you know, she just gotta work on her game a little bit. Yeah. Like. She needs she needs the symbol. <laughs> yeah, she, she needs, needs that. the symbol. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, what were we talking about, son? Nothing. So mom. we're yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, mother. <laughs> so for me, I know that seeing that family is going is definitely made me think about what I want to build. Mm, because definitely. like now I think about the home that I want and like I look around now and for those of you obviously you can't see but like I'm renting a property in Leeds right and it's just that it's not the size that I want I want I want a place where I can welcome guests I want mm. a place where people can feel comfortable I want guest a place rooms. where I can yeah guest rooms mm. have dinner parties and you know like, I like to cook and I like to people feel welcome and right now I've got like a kitchen attached to a living room where it's just not, it's just not feeling that vibe. I don't, and when people come in, it's got that kind of scuffy look. Like, 
that's it. I'm not necessarily conscious of that, but for me, if I was going to associate myself with a home mm. and with a house, I'm going back to that place where I first first went into my friend's house and was yeah. like, "You live here?" Yeah, I know oh what my you God. mean. And it's not that the the house was nice; it was the fact that he like his mother had put things so well that they worked together. Of course, there was you know? synergy in the house. Yeah, and it, yeah. It flows exactly with the energy, that. yeah. Exactly that. So I know that envy is going to mm. build apart. But I guess that the ultimate question is, you know, is it is it really something that you should draw your inspiration from? Like when I mean, you're building? Of course. Like, see, this is the thing. This is why I believe God gave us eyes and ears. Right. And, to, and, and mouth as well. Mm. To, and this gave us like a brain. So to see better things. Mm-hmm. That he's, that he's done or created right. to hear better things and to say better things and your brain is there to understand all those better things because your brain is there so okay this is definitely better right yeah, okay yeah, the yeah. bus oh yeah makes definitely make, makes more physical sense than walking for an hour like it makes more sense yeah. do you know what I mean so yeah. it's like you've been so you're gonna you're gonna have all of these experiences in your life right. that you're gonna be like your brain is gonna realize this is good yeah, I like yeah, this yeah. don't fight it Go into it, look into it, like clear your mind and let your head be like, why do I like this? Mm-hmm. And it's okay to like what you like. I yeah. mean, we live in, we live in a society and we live in an LGBTQ society. It's okay to like what you like, right, yeah, but don't yeah. block it out. When right. I see something I like, I'm like, there's things that you'd, you're, you're, you're quite a holistic person. Like mm-hmm. I like you, do you get what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's like, there's a lot of things that you do that I might not register but I'm like, it feels nice. Even if it's not directly to me, yeah. I, 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 I resonate with it. And I'm like, why, why, why is he doing that? Or mm. why does he do this? Or why does he do that? Yeah. And it's like, okay, if I can analyze it and accept it, if I realize I like it, then I can accept it and break it down. Then I can recreate it later. And I can recreate that for my family. That's good. So That's this good. is why you need yeah. to have godparents. This is why you should have mentors, in, in, mm. in, not just in life, but in every area where you want to do well. You should mm. have mentors. They don't necessarily need to be older than you or have a degree in it or something. Just anybody that can shed light, not just to vent to, but shed yeah. light as well. Yeah. And it's like you see things that you want to have and that you want to embody. It's right. like when I first saw when I first saw like Alistair Overeem, okay. I was like, I want, I want it, I want that. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? It's <laughs> right. like mixed race guy, like built, mm-hmm. strong in who he is. Has his daughter. He's such a cuddly, loving guy. Yeah. But if you mess up, if you me- if you touch, up. if you put his hand on his brother, he will he will put four bounces in the hospital that night. Yeah, like yeah. I was like that. I I would love to be that, but with my personality. Yeah. I don't want to look exactly yeah. like him, but there's some right. things I yeah, can take. Yeah. There's some things so, I can take that. I so would you've like. actually created. Well, you've actually mentioned something that I think is very important. Mm. So like, in so a few questions actually. Um, the first one is. Uh, about the kind of the essence of what it actually is you desire mm. so when you look at something and you uh, experience envy you might not necess- you might some people might take it on a kind of not very mature level and be like i want exactly that and some people might break down the concept and be like what is it so mm. for me i've thought about you know, this with with my friend's house and it's it's not that i loved his house, house it's not exactly. that i loved the fact that he has an island in the kitchen or so on. It's not that I, I love that. It's the fact that there was order and synergy. And if I can work towards creating that, 
My pop, my path is done. Like, it's in I'm a much. Right. It's a step in a, a big step in the right direction. Exactly. And that's what life is all about. You're yeah. gonna take. You don't know everything, so you're gonna take steps. You're not like the compass of life. You don't know yeah. where you're going. But some, sometimes, honestly, it feels like you're meant to know. Yeah. Every <laughs> single part of it. But this is what I mean. Acceptance. Right. Acceptance that my dad doesn't know everything about parenting. My mm-hmm. mom doesn't. My teacher doesn't know everything about teaching. Yeah. I don't know everything about growing. Yeah. And it's like, once you accept that, we're all just trying to do our best and we all get emotional over maybe we didn't do our best or we thought our best wasn't enough or mm. it's okay to get emotional. It's okay to like things. It's okay to want things. Right. Like this is what people need to realize. It's just okay. Like, so, like this is what I, so I, I've gone through a lot of like depression and anxiety. Right. And I only realized I was going through depression and anxiety like in the past one year. Okay. I only clocked yeah, that, yeah, but that's yeah. what it was in the past one year. So it was mm. really difficult for me. I thought I was a broken individual. Right, right. Because when, when people are like, why didn't you reply my text? I would ghost and not be able to, I'd get social anxiety. I'd not be able to reply simple things. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, why didn't you reply? I'm like, obviously you, you can ask me now and I'll reply. It's not a big deal. But it's just at the time I was incapable. Mm. Um, but yeah, so dealing with the with the anxiety and depression, I mean... You have to accept it for what it is. Right. And, and then it becomes, you get past it. Yeah, then yeah. you can detach yourself from it. Because mm-hmm. what happens, your subconscious identifies with it and sticks to it. Yeah. Your, sub- yeah. your ego and your subconscious like, I like this. I like this. Keep it. Keep it. My yeah, precious. Yeah. My precious. This yeah, is who I am. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like this, this, this. Take this. It's better. And yeah. it's like your, your subconscious reacting to pain. It's mm-hmm. like your subconscious like, if we can just take that, you'll feel so much better. I want that for you. Right. Your, right. your subconscious yeah, yeah. is actually trying to help you. But what you need to realize is that you need to look at it a bit deeper. Like why? Mm-hmm. so it's like if a kid wants this why do they want it and then you can say okay they want this because of that oh okay and then you can understand things a bit better and yeah. it's but yeah it's just like looking at things holistically it's like right. i don't want it's like when your body when you're craving pizza mm-hmm. your body just might need a bit of salt or a bit of yeah. fat. you don't necessarily need you don't need a, a pizza, pizza. <laughs> if you got like if you got yeah. like um, a mozzarella stick or a few mo- six mozzarella sticks mm-hmm. you'd be sorted you, yeah. you would munch it and be Maybe. like, that was amazing. But if you perfect. ate the whole pizza yeah. that you bloody thought you wanted, you get bloated, yeah, yeah. lactose intolerance, you'd be mm. farting the whole day yeah. and stuff like that. So, so yeah. no, I, I, I've, that's, a, that's a really good point. And actually, it brings me on to my next question that I had for you. So you brought in this example of, of God. And mm. I, I haven't really asked you about this because I don't, I don't really know about your relationship with religion. There's a lot we um, don't know about each other. Yeah, we, just, we just trust it's all right. It's like, he's good. He's yeah, good. exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically, being, being part of something means that I, f- I think you make the active choice to play a role, whether it's your family, mm. whether it's your religion, whether it's your government, or whatever you identify under. You make this active choice to play a role. Um, I'm not going to delve into kind of like responsibility because mm. it's a it's a much bigger choice because a lot of us make make reactive decisions about the parts that we play rather than proactive decisions for the future exactly exactly um and when it comes i'm gonna write that down Thanks. when it no way yeah take it take it um when it comes to to religion i've always i've always tried to look at it in many different angles so one is the the possibility that the scriptures are all 100% holy and so on in which sense I don't trust that human beings human beings are too imperfect for that well I, I would agree but regardless the point I'm making is if you do take it under the impression that everything is a holy truth 
mm. the value of the text increases. Of course. So when you have conversation with someone who believes that, you need to, in order to understand what they're saying, understand it from the same premise that the text is holy and therefore like kind of magical. It almost changes what's being said. So your, perce your perception of it affects your belief. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And in order to have an, a conversation where both people are aligned, you need to kind of calibrate your perception. Not necessarily stick to it, but calibrate it. Yeah, you need to, you need to buffer yeah. it. You need to buffer it. Mm. And for me, a big part of like what's very modern, I say modern day religious, is kind of taking more of like the human element to religion. So mm. I know a lot of people who are religious, but don't take, say, for example, like what is written to be absolutely truthful and would even say that, oh, well, men have probably altered some of these books and have chosen what's going down. But regardless of the imperfection that men have, there is still a scientific and filtration process that goes through to the words that actually would appear on the book yeah. so it's kind of like the ultimate self-help guide yes. in a sense so the bible the acronym mm. is basic instructions before leaving earth okay i didn't know i've never heard that before yeah i didn't oh, nice. i didn't make i didn't make up everyone learns something from someone all right there we go <laughs> um but being part of a religion right for you would yeah. you would you consider yourself religious for a start or is it more um, a relationship with no God it's spiritual okay so here's what it is the Every human beings feel things, okay? Right. Have you ever like, when it's like waking up on the wrong side of the bed, mm -hmm. have you ever had like, you have a, a really great day, you don't do anything over strenuous, yeah. you have a great night's sleep, mm -hmm. but you wake up on the wrong side of the bed? Right. What happened? Maybe your subconscious, it was like your, your mind pulled something in your sleep, maybe, mm -hmm. but I feel like it's a matter of spirit. Right. It's like your, your consciousness is aligning with what the universe is going to bring to you later. Right. That's kind of like one way of looking at it. Mm. Um, but like, if we if we look at it that way, I'm so sorry. Lost my train of thought again. <laughs> what was the last thing that it's you said? It's cool. So we were talking about um, religion and being part of something. Spiritual versus religious. Right. Right. So it's a That's matter, it's a matter of spirit. Religion is just rules. That it is just based off of the culture, of the area, of yeah, the yeah, region. Yeah. Religion is just the cultural rules and disciplines mm. that have caged in the spiritual value of religion. So, okay. so for instance, yeah, nice Hin image, yeah. Hindu, Christianity, Islam, mm -hmm. and a few others. Right. The core values are exactly the same. Mm. Does the name of the book is different? Yeah. The name of the people is different. Slight variation on the practices. Yes. Yeah. Cause but. like, if you look at, look at, look at like God, God is like all powerful, omniscient God. Mm. But if you look at like the Egyptians, they just broke it down into several parts, several parts. They, if you add it up, it's all the same thing. Yeah. What's yeah. the difference between Allah? And God is literally just a language, just yeah, the language. Literally just the language. What's yeah. the difference between uh, a born again Christian believer slash um, uh, Muslim, um, mm. slash Muslim? Yeah. The definition of of um, I think it was the definition of Islam is or the definition of a Muslim I believe is someone who submits their will, submits their lives to God's will. Mm -hmm. It does not say that like. So that's, that's the bottom line. So I believe that, me personally, I believe that God will reveal himself to you in one way or another, but you need to seek truth in your life. Right. So I've, I've been seeking truth. I, I converted to Islam 
And mm-hmm. then I discovered that a lot of the things that they, they hold very close to their heart in Islam right. is has factual evidence against it. Right. There's nothing like that in oh, Christianity. Okay. I, oh. I don't want to pull anyone from their faith, but I love Islam yeah, yeah. because of the virtues. Okay. Yeah. If you, it's, it's crazy because if you look at history, mm. like in every culture, yeah. there's, there's violence against women and there's, un, there's things that have been, there's un, injustice against women. Right. But the values of Islam are so loving to the woman, mm-hmm. the values they teach. And it's like, right. how can you not love that? It's like, of course, like the world didn't like, the world is a very good example why we need it. But it's like the teaching itself was virtuous and was great. Mm. So I believe that I can take the best out of all of them yeah. and be the best. Because God said I should seek mm. truth. He didn't say seek truth as long as it's in line with the yeah, name. The yeah, name yeah. As long as it's, it's a, from the same book that you mm. read, seek truth. Seek truth just in one book. Yeah, like yeah. God never said that. that. That doesn't really make sense. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like being religious means that you follow disciplines and rules right. based off of one culture. Okay. Based off of one region and one culture. Mm-hmm. Being spiritual means that you you do what's right for you do what's right for yourself, for your yeah. body, your mind and your spirit. Okay. Uh, that's how I feel about right, it. Right, right. So what do you think, um, in terms of you, what motivated you to be to identify as a person who's spiritual rather than religious? I guess it just resonated with um a, a lot of people think that religion is a matter of hope. People want okay. something to hope for, so they just believe in that. Yeah, they're yeah. just occupying their minds mm. with hope is what a lot of people like a lot of atheists they, I'm pretty sure they believe that this is a hope yeah. it's a hope drug yeah. that is getting their fix of hope mm-hmm. in this hopeless world right. maybe your world is hopeless like my world isn't mate just to be yeah. honest um, but yeah to be honest with you it's like in terms of what makes me want to be a part like when I hear some certain things it just resonates with me Right. God says you're fearfully and wonderfully made mm-hmm. that God says that I'll like that I'm, I'm the beginning and the end that you yeah. are, you are the head and not the tail. Mm-hmm. He said that I'll, 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 I'll let you, I'll let you feast in front of your enemies. Mm-hmm. He said that even if you have 1000 by your left, 10,000 by your right, do not fear nothing. Cause I am with you. Right. Like, even though I, yeah, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Right. Right. God is a bad motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's empowering, bro. Yeah. Like all that stuff is empowering. And it's like, God, like you, you need to be who God says you are. If right. you read, if you actually go into the Bible or if you just type in online, I'm, I've never done this, but if you just search, who does God say I am? And you just research that. Yeah. You will take a deeper look. I promise you. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's just great. And it's like, it's like, if you, if you follow, basically, if you follow Jesus, yeah, yeah. the historical counts of Jesus, mm-hmm. you will be a great person. If you follow the historical counts of Muhammad. Yeah. You have to do research for yourself. I'm not gonna. I'm not really gonna say that. Oh. But it's like, that's what it is. It's like a guy on earth. Yeah. yeah. Who lived? Who did great? It makes it makes yeah. a big difference. Exactly. So in yeah. terms of here's where it's like in terms of spirituality, mm-hmm. I feel like, like I, I, I like I, let me not say that. Um, but in terms of like, if you look at it like, yeah, there's historical counts that show that um, the books may have been altered. Okay. Apparently, they say that, that. they Definitely say that yeah, Islam yeah. wasn't altered, but the guy who spoke it didn't write it himself. So mm. literally, if I if I um um spoke a book and you wrote it down for me, you could change literally anything. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the kind of how it goes. Mm-hmm. But if it the reason why I believe in Christianity more than Islam, 
and I'm more spiritual. The reason mm. why I face Christianity as a religion more right. is because there's less hit, um, historical collateral damage. Okay. There's less things in his in the historical uh, data yeah. that uh, mess it up. Okay. And somebody yeah. could yeah. say that that's propaganda from like the Vatican. They've right. removed all the historical evidence of Christianity being mm-hmm. bad. That's also possible. But here's right. that's what I. This is what I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's fair. We don't want to get into too much like religious exactly, history, history yeah. now at the moment. And again, big topic. Covering all these big topics. <laughs> my my um question that I really wanted to ask about um religious mm. well basically the religious attitude is is this okay so i try to form like an understanding and view of the world that is kind of like all encompassing yes so i all is one and one is all yeah in a sense that like the a person can express the same um the same thing using different words but my understanding of the truth is trying to like get out the actual truth from what's being said so that's like understanding motivations understanding structures understanding loyalties mm. And what I find with religion is that it's it's kind of coming from this sense of of the explanation of uh, internal feeling. Mm. So, on the last episode, what we had was I asked I asked a guy, "Do you remember the first feeling uh, that you had towards a person that you acted on? Mm. Like you were like, I like that person. I'm gonna make a move." All right, whether it's romantic or so on. And my friend goes to me, oh, I, was, I remember I was 18. I looked at him, I was like, 80, 18, wow. He um, must have been thinking about it romantically. I, I mean, he must have. Or maybe he just forgot about the, the feelings of like making a friend. Mm. But when I was three or four, I was in a nursery in Italy. Yeah. And I remember going to my mom being like, yeah, yeah I'm gonna, I've got to chat to this girl. Like, I, I really like this girl. I was thinking back to it, I was like, you're three or four. You have no concept mm. of like why you should speak to a girl. Or it's instinct. It's it not maybe I don't personally I'm going down the route of it's not just instinct. Mm. My mum's like a romantic. She made me watch Disney in English when I was living in Italy. So I'm watching Disney, I'm understanding life a certain way. And what I'm doing is I'm rationalizing my feeling. Yeah. So I have this like over joyous feeling of when you're wanting watching. to connect with someone yeah and all i can do is register and find the prettiest girl in my circle mm-hmm. and then talk about romance because that makes sense and that's mm. what's, what's sold good. to me yeah you know so growing up as this kind of romantic makes me believe more and feel more like wholesome vibes towards this kind of attitude i also feel that when it comes to um religion right there's a lot of feelings that i think a lot of people who don't have a kind of um spiritual even mystical belief system don't have access to and when you listen to say for example poetry when when you listen to um religious scripture and it hits a nail on the head i remember Mm. i told my friend when i was 13 he was like why why are you religious i was like you ever heard the sound of the mosque like when they announce like Mm. cool and i get this feeling in my heart like my heart's pounding i'm like there my friend my friend shut me down straight away i was like i know what you're talking about i was like after that i was like maybe he doesn't feel it huh you start second guessing what you're feeling 
Well, it just made me think like, mm. why do I feel that? Oh, it was because when I lived in Algeria, there was a time when basically my main friend, a cousin of mine, would go mosque all the time. So we would literally, I'd be like flip-flop shorts, topless. And then when we go to the mosque, we have to make sure that we've got slightly longer shorts mm, and yeah, actually yeah, wearing yeah. a top. And we're doing this trek to go to the mosque. And all the time I'm hearing that sound and I'm like, all right, no, time to like, make a move. You know, yeah. that is me deciding this is what I have to do. So it gives me direction. Yeah. Um, being part of, of something, whether it's religious, spiritual, whether it's a community, seems to be, for me at least, I definitely seem to think that the, the common theme is, is the direction that it gives. From like being part of our family um, to them trying to force this direction to the relationships that we forge, it seems to be like when we feel this urge for direction, we want to be part of the thing that moves us that way. But what comes first? The urge to find the thing? Mm. Or does the thing find us and get us like moving? So this is a this is a great conversation. This like I feel like it's it's been had like it's a, one of the great conversations, just in a different way. Right, right, right. It's nature versus nurture. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's nature versus nurture. Yeah, yeah. so it's like the instinct versus what you've been conditioned mm. con- conditioned to do. Yeah. So it's like, to be honest, it's like when you smell a certain smell, you get a certain feeling. Mm. But that's like. It's like when I smell it, when if some people smells like a ch- smell a cherry pie, you get a feeling of love, right? Because right. your mom may, maybe made cherry pies for mm. you when you were a kid, and you know that loving feeling. Yeah, 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 exactly. But if you hear, I believe that as a spiritual person, if you hear something for the first time and you have that feeling, mm. and you look and you can't trace it back to anything, that's right. your that's your spirit resonating with something okay. entirely different. Mm. Do you get what I mean? It's like um, I'll give you an example. So literally this uh, like the other like a few weeks ago or something i saw this girl i I spoke to her and she's not like i saw her she's okay Mm. like she and my friend my my friend said that she's a really good friend to him Mm. so i was just like okay but when i first like so i didn't think anything special she was kind of pretty but i didn't think anything special i was just going to chat to her and see um just talk to her and see i wasn't even i didn't have intentions do you get me but upon the first proper conversation with her not even a one-on-one conversation, a first group conversation. Yeah. My spirit felt like, my spirit told me to impregnate this girl. My spirit said, impregnate her, not just because you, you don't want to. My mind was like, that makes sense. I'm not even attracted to her like that. Do you right, get what I mean? Right. This yeah, is crazy. Yeah, yeah this, that, that does yeah. sound kind of so mad. I'm telling yeah. you for a fact, I had an instinct and my spirit told me impregnate this girl because she can raise your child. Not she can raise a child. She, she's meant to raise right. you. She can raise yours. And I was like, that makes no sense. I'm going back to Nigeria soon. Yeah. I'm going back to focus on my work. She's in uni. Like, we're not having a kid. It doesn't make sense. I yeah. don't know this girl. Do you get me? Mm-hmm. I don't know her. I'm not even attracted to her. It doesn't make sense. But I spent like a week with her. And my mind ticked off all the boxes in my head. Every single one. In terms of kids. In terms of cooking. In terms of living. Right, right, in terms yeah. of sexuality. In terms of what. And it's like, it doesn't make sense. Because previously, my mind would have said that, that is, her body type is not what I would want to settle down with at all. It's right. not what I yeah, would... Yeah. But looking like once, like after the week, like gradually, I just fell in love with every single part of her body, even though it does not make sense to me based mm. off of my past. Okay. 
Do you get what I mean? And yeah. I haven't had a bad experience with the other body types that pushed me to this one. My right, last, right. All my experiences last were good. Yeah, yeah. Do you get what I mean? So it's kind of just It was literally unexplained. a spiritual thing that right. my mind, mm-hmm. ju- my mind justified later. Right. And this is a pure example of a spiritual thing I'm telling you about. Because mm-hmm. now this girl, I believe that she's my soulmate. Because right. we love all the favorites. I'm, I'm, we, we, ha- we have all the same favorite stuff. Okay. We went to Subway and my spirit told me, she asked me, what do you want to order? My spirit told me she can handle it. And I said, do whatever you want. She got the same thing as hers. It's, I, gar- I, I shit you not, it's the exact same thing I get. Really? Okay. Down, down to the subways, bro. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. But this is what I'm saying. I trust, when before we walked into Subway, I trusted mm. that she could handle, like, she, she knows what she's doing with right. me. She's like, that's what I mean. My spirit is like, this one is for you. Mm. And my mind checked out everything perfectly. Right. And would, you wouldn't put that to, um, uh, so there's something, there's something that I do. I notice I do a lot. And mm. what it is, it's like association by stereotype. Mm. So you kind of meet a person and because of the way that they are, the way they're kind of angled towards their belief, it means that they are more likely to cover like X, Y, Z. So for example, you meet someone who's in gym gear, mm. they're more likely to be interested in going to the gym. Yes. Just if you meet them in gym gear five times in a row, you kind of make this association that they probably do go to the gym quite a bit if you meet them one time and so on. So you have this this statistical approach to your belief system and your understanding who a person is. Yeah. Now, I think I'm a little bit on the verge of the intuition because I've had moments where I've been like, wow, like this doesn't make any sense. And then after I've broken them down and I've been like, am I just a really good flirt? Like, and I'll give mm. you some more, some more details where I've, I've, uh, I've been a serial dater in the past, right? Go on like a lot of dates and I, it, it would get to a point where I'd meet certain girls and I just like, for fun, for myself, I just guess about their life. Mm. And most of the time, get it right. Mm. And I was like, why am I getting these right? It's, like, it's because the guesses I'm taking aren't specific enough. And two, they want to be impressed. So they're giving me a lot of slack with, with yeah. what I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. But also, it made me think about the knowledge that we actually have. Yeah. So when you're making an active decision over what something is, or solving, say, like a maths problem, you're like, this is that, this is that. This is that, eventually get into an answer. Mm. But it seems that when you have an interaction with, with life, it's, it's almost like a spray. You're like, <laughs> oh, and you may take a moment to look at one angle of it and think that's it. You can't but, catch everything. But you can't catch anything, but the knowledge you take in is, yeah. is still, still yeah. there. So I would say that's, that's from years of stereotype-based conditioning. Mm. So from the little things of my way of experiencing love is not to announce it every hour to my way of appreciating a person is by picking up on the tone of their voice when they deal with a certain type of person. Yes. So if you see how they react to certain, certain things, yeah, it you, te- tells you a lot, right? Yeah. So it's this, you study people. Yeah. So it's like you can take that moment to express what you've understood but I guarantee you, most people, unless they suffer from some kind of like autism, tend to understand w- what the significance of tone is. Mm. This, I think it's one of the reasons why, I don't know if you've ever been on a train or like a closed place and you've got someone with the, mo- the sharpest, most 
ugly accent mm. just comes in and they're like, nah, ah! you're literally like, <laughs> you're my seat, bruv. <laughs> you're just like, oh, oh my God, it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> Rip my ears out. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not nice. It, I feel, I don't know how some people don't understand, but the truth is mean, some yeah. people don't go towards, towards tone. Um, and that's a, an area of knowledge. So for me, it's, is it intuitive or is it that your ability to acquire knowledge is actually extremely heightened? Like as an individual who's been on this earth for almost 25 years, you're like, you're born, you're fucking decoding. If you, have you hung out with a baby who's less than a year old? And you watch them You watch them, stuff they're, they're just like... They're figuring stuff out. Literally like... And like, they, you, you see them pick things up, you're like, oh, yeah. this feels like this. And you're looking at the workings of their brain. Yeah, exactly. I'm following they're them. I'm following fully them. like that. Can you imagine if actually we carry on with that mindset and we're slowly decoding the mystery of the universe the matrix. through things that happens. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe this, this intuition is just like a, a kind of built, built tool that we, we just pull out every now and again. Like I built this very special horn when I was a kid. It was super cool. It tells me everything about a person. If I just do this, ah, <laughs> you like blueberries. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I think I think that's a that's a genuine so thing. The, so is it is it that your ability to acquire information is heightened, or is it just that you're intuitive? What is it? What is the definition of intuition? So I think intuition for me, I've always defined it as a kind of like unexplained source of information. So I guess in that sense, it, it, what I've said is kind is, of the same. is intuitive. It's the yeah, same thing. It is intuition, but like, mm. so, so it's, look at look at the difference. Like I watched Sherlock Holmes so. recently. Okay. So like Sherlock Holmes, yeah. he looks at physical and physical things and he ties it to the most probable reality story. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's that's that could be called intuition as well. It's like if I see that you're wearing well, yeah, if I see that you're wearing like gym shoes, mm-hmm. like it's intuition to see you're probably a, a yeah. more likely to you look at the again. smudges on the gym shoe, mm-hmm. you probably guess what exercise I was doing or some shit. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, but some people that means you have like a higher intuition. But right. there's some people that actually get feelings. Mm-hmm. So they actually get feelings for somebody's so based off of somebody's energy. Right. So there's there's so the, in life life is like a tripod. There's three there's three factors to it. Okay. So everybody has three legs. Mm-hmm. You have your body, your mind, mm-hmm. and then your spirit. Okay. So Sherlock Holmes uses from the body. Mm-hmm. So basically how your body your body and your mind. So your so looking at your body, I can look at physical signs and then tie stories to it. Yeah. And how you react to certain things, I can tell gives me more information, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, based on the definition that I gave earlier, I've actually Googled intuition now. Mm-hmm. And it's just the ability to understand something instinctively without need for conscious reasoning. Okay. So it basically is. So that means that if you, if I look at like, say you have, um, so if I look and say that um, you have scars, mm. that's no longer intuition because I've, I've seen conscious reasoning for it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so here's what I'm saying. So looking at, so intuition is looking, feeling it from the spirit. Okay. But if you see a sign from their mind or from their, or from their body, their physical appearance, it's no longer intuition, is it? Yeah. Well, so, well, it, it it depends how much you can draw from it. No, so it means that you can because if I because if I see something, it means there's conscious reasoning. Not necessarily. So you might see something and be like, "Ooh, where where did they get that cut from?" Hmm. I remember that they did Thai boxing. So maybe he got it from the last fight that he had. Dot dot dot. That would be conscious reasoning. Yes. But if you see 
and look at someone and go, oh, he's got a cut. And then it just goes like, fight. Like without the... the, the without the, you knowing the, that... The, yeah. yeah. And you just like taking on that, that kind of understanding straight away. Mm. That, would, that would be intuition. Even yes. though maybe it's just a sped up conscious reasoning process. Okay, fair enough. Without previous knowledge of the person. Mm. Okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool. But then there are people that can feel... So I can like feel your energy and then be like, oh, you did something about this, didn't you? Right, right, yeah, yeah. Do you get what I mean? So it's, it's similar to when I see a person, so if I'm in a lift mm -hmm. and I see a man, the way he walks into the lift and the way he stands when he's in the lift, I can tell, I can nine times out of ten, I can tell who's in the military or not. Okay. Yeah. There right. are some very, very uh, posh, posh people who have like military kind of posture. Right, right, yeah. That's yeah. very, but it depends. When you hear them speak, you'll know whether they're in the military. Okay, okay. Yeah, so there's the, there's yeah, levels yeah. to it. You, you can sort out the outliers. <laughs> exactly. So that's right. that's kind of like, I, I, I don't know whether that's intuition or not. Because mm. I'm saying, based off of how he's standing, it's like, you know when somebody, like when, like people that fight and people that dance, yeah, they yeah. have a stance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's like when you see somebody in stance, you know, okay, this person's probably a martial artist. Yeah, yeah. So would you think that's intuition or not? I think it's almost like, I think what we'd have here is kind of intuition, like a kind of intuition radar. So if you see a stance, you can sort of refine your intuition mm. or the search radius from your intuition. If you see a stance, you can tell more about how the person fights and if they're good and so on. And then you can associate with how they move. But if you just don't identify a specific thing and keep seeing them, they could technically be anything mm. do you know what i mean um to to well i mean how does this tie into motivation so <laughs> I, I we were talking about being part of something yeah. and whether you are drawn to something to be part of it mm. or you are pushed because you are part of it so basically depending on whether so, you're pushed or what your what your intuition tells you that would affect your motivations to be a part of something yeah yeah great i knew you were on track somehow yeah it was it was pretty much on track so we're coming up near to the to the end of the time. We've spoken about a lot of a lot of angles. If there's any part of it that you want to kind of like, you want to get more out of, we can we can definitely make a longer episode of it. I know that we covered so much about the idea of intuition, um, and not as much on the idea of belonging because belonging is is a very, well, it's a very thoughtful thing to actually belong to something is is a very huge, uh, commitment if you'd say. I guess we're going to finish off with a question, which is, do you derive your motivation based on how you see yourself or how others see you? And um, I'm going to give the question to Carlton, give him a bit of a time limit so he doesn't fly off to other things. So which how, one would how you many, say? How many times to? am I allowed to, allowed to lose my train of thought? What's my limit? <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll put it to 0 0.5. To 0 0.5, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so me personally, I definitely, um, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. But I, I've Let me start by saying I feel like I kind of derive more from how I see myself or how right, I right. want to see myself. Okay, okay. But this is why I see it, so like, because I've seen Arnold Schwarzenegger, I've seen, like, a lot of, like, big guys. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I know, because I, I know that I was bullied as a kid, I was, like, when I was fat, I was, right. I was bullied. And okay. so I wanted people... Me personally, I didn't want anybody to be able to bully me. Right. So that's what I see for myself, mm -hmm. not being able to be bullied. 
And then another right. side of it is I want other people to see me as a macho man. Right, right. So there's two sides to it. Yeah, yeah. So me personally, I think you'll lean towards one. Mm. But from your past, if you, I think if you look deep enough, I think a lot of it comes from what other people, what you want, in, especially in your early life. Mm-hmm. We based a lot of our identity based off of what we think is cool or what other people are thinking is, is this and that. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. there is a lot of stuff that you see when you're a kid. You're just like, I, I want to be that. Because mm-hmm. I knew that when I was a kid, I wanted to be, when I was like five, I wanted to be a wrestler. Right. And I wanted to be a preacher. Okay. Because I like the macho man. I like acrobatics. I like mm-hmm. the theatrics of it. Mm-hmm. I like the the bravado of it. Yeah. But I also like speaking of substance and helping people. So when I was five, that's what I said I wanted to be. Right, right. A wrestler and a teacher. Right. So like basically at a the time, and wrestlers wrestling. have a lot of substance in, in the classroom. Mm. And they're being like, Did you see what this wrestler said? It's like, yeah, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, yeah. I do see I do see what you mean. So I, me personally, I would say consciously, mm. right now, I derive from how I want to see myself and how right, I see myself. Right. But in the past and for most people as well, mm. what you see what you want is is can be greatly influenced by what other people like already. Right, right. I um personally I I kind of have a very similar thing in mm. in actually I probably have the opposite. Really? Um, when I was younger, I was very much like, that looks good. I'll do that. Mm. I'll do that. We'll do that. Just super hyperactive kid. Mm. Didn't really give a shit about anything. Um, I cared for people a lot. I yeah. loved and was very empathetic towards people. But I was very much like, I'm going to go do this. And I think there was a certain point where I kind of connected my actions to what other people are doing. Not not just to what other people are doing, but the consequences of that. Okay. And I think it got a little bit too, like, deep. Mm. Like, I gave myself too much responsibility. Like, for example, you know, we were talking earlier about tone of voice. Like, if I approach someone with a wrong tone of voice uh, when I was younger, I would feel that. I would walk away and be like, oh, shit. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I've, yeah. I've ruined this person's day. Yeah, yeah, And the yeah. thing is, I've taken from that there's an certain arrogance to it because you kind of like take away a lot being like, so you're saying a five minute conversation with someone at a certain tone of voice is going to ruin their entire day. You're thinking of yourself a bit yeah, too highly. You're yeah. just, yeah, you're there <laughs> being like, well, you know, I've got a fucking cannon here. What have they got? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Influence. But so what ended up happening as, I, as I've kind of grown up is I started, started feeling a lot of stress from trying to align the social situation. Mm. So you look at how, like, when you go into a room, you know, right at the start of the podcast, we spoke about how sometimes your parents can kind of leave a certain feeling, like a residual feeling in the room, Mm. right? When you go into a certain room, most people have this intuitive sort of like... You can feel people's energy. Yeah, Yeah, you feel what's going on. And if I'm ever in a position of authority, of clear authority, such as, like, if I'm the coach for a class, which is what I do now, I always want that energy to be flowing right. So a lot of the time, my teaching process is less about teaching the specific, but it, and more about just making sure that this overexpressive guy over here who has to kind of justify his existence by showing he's strong, isn't going to step on the toes of mm-hmm. this much softer individual who gets his value from being like clever and and like thoughtful Mm. and then i get them to interact and show them that they are 
kind of people. Because mm. a lot of time you go to a class and you, we're, we're here you for forget. The same thing. Yeah, yeah, you forget that although we're here for the same thing, I'm coming from a different angle than you are. Yeah. And we're going to clash heads if we don't hold hands <laughs> or some shit That's like it, that. yeah. That's yeah. It. So I think it's it's definitely, for me, started to come off there. And I've I've really struggled with the idea of liking something, like personally liking something. Mm. Because for me to personally like something means that the focus has to be on me. And then as soon as the focus is on me, all of a sudden, like, I don't care enough about people. Mm. And then it's like, oh, shit. Because like when, I, when you like something for you, your brain kind of tells you, well, that's a bit self-centered and selfish. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And it's like, but the thing is that it's okay. Because you came into this world by yourself and you're going mm. out by yourself. At the end of the day, when on your deathbed, you, you're like for the whole of eternity, it's, yeah. it's you and your, it's you and your, um, your, what do they call it? The inner monologue. Right. It's you and your inner, inner monologue for all mm. eternity. Like, regardless of whatever you... We should you start think. having some nice conversations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah do you get what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's, at the end of the day, it's like, you need to be at peace. Mm. It doesn't matter what you do or yeah. how you do it, as long as you're at peace with it mm. fully. Do you mm. get what I mean? Because yeah. it's like, as a man, I can't... I, I might not be able to, to, to support your decision, mm. but I can always support you for doing what you feel is right. Right. But even though I can't back your decision, yeah. I can back you. And mm. this is, this is like, this is like how, how I feel about it. So it's like, if I go to a party, like my, this is something I had, another argument I had with my mom, mm. or she tried to make an argument, but I'm like, it's not worth arguing over because it's yeah, my yeah. choice. Mm. So she, somebody asked me, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from Nigeria. And they looked a bit confused. And then they asked me, um, where else are you from? Oh, I'm like, I'm half British, quarter Nigerian, quarter Syrian. Mm-hmm. But if he didn't bother to ask me the second follow-up question, it just means that he wasn't interested enough to know. Right, yeah. Because yeah. not, I'm not obliged to tell you anything about my life. I'm, I was there to buy something. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? So he said, if I'm in a party, I'm not obliged to speak to anybody. Yeah. I came to this party with my own two legs. Mm. And I came, I've, like, I've had control of my mouth and my social experience and my social interaction yeah, yeah. for my whole life. Just because I'm at a party with you doesn't give you any right to tell me how to be at a party. So I believe you should, you should do what makes you feel comfortable. Right. If I feel most comfortable, like if I'm dancing yeah. and at that particular, and, and in that split second, I want to stop and look at the lights. I'm going to stop dancing and look at the lights and look right, at whatever right, right. I want to look at. Like the, like, cause I'm, it's like, cause here, here's in a short, in a nutshell, here's where people mess it up. The, the most powerful thing that, um, that God says is I am. They say, who are you? He says I am. Mm-hmm. I am the, I am that I am. It means right. I am me. That yeah. is the most important thing you need to know. Mm-hmm. And that is, there's nothing else that can supersede that sentence. I am me. I am. Yeah. I am the I am that I am, not that you are. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not the I am that he is or somebody wants to be. I am the I am that I am. Right. So it's like being comfortable with that and being comfortable, like being, you need to be, you need to be like always, I need, like I, I say these things to myself. When I, when, I, when I start getting to, when my anxiety starts popping up, I'm thinking, oh, what did this person think? And what did that person think? And oh, did I do this right? right I say right. to myself, I'm the true son of my father, master of the universe. Right, right, and that right. gets me back on track to doing what I'm supposed to do. Like, mm-hmm. to who am I really? Okay, I'm Carlton. I like X, Y, and Z. And X, Y, and Z makes me feel good. X, A, B, C doesn't. Okay, yeah. let's do the one that makes me feel good. It's literally that. Define, defining who you are can definitely like 
especially for that moment mm. when you're freaking out can definitely help to understand which direction the motivation that you're using yeah should go and i always think that it's important to understand that as an individual you can use motivation so um when to summarize the question like if we're getting motivation based on how i see myself or how i how others see me it just kind of depends on what i want to do mm. like if i can for example if my motivation is i want to cross between two skyscrapers on a tiny ledge right i'm probably going to be a bit ignorant if i'm like i'm motivated myself to do that because yeah. you know what that tiny little beam right that might slip or something but if i get some people to build it right yeah then i should be concerned with how they see me because if they fucking hate me and want me to die and i'm not aware of that then i'm not even achieving my own goal properly mm. so it's, it's kind of understanding the position that you're in yeah understanding what it is that you want to do and then seeing if you know people can help you mm. so I would kind of like, and it's a bit of a cheat answer, but I would say like, you derive your motivation from the things that you do, not how you should, how you see yourself or how others should. And then you place the motivation on the direction that you want to go. Yeah. Um, so we'll end it on, on that. That makes sense. Uh, if you've got any comments on being part of something or you've been motivated to be part of something, let me know and um, I'll give you a shout out and the next uh, podcast or the summary. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye.